What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the Two Man Power Trip. Oh my God! This is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the Two Man Power Trip podcast. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Cody Rhodes, the Prince of Pro Wrestling, and you are listening to Two Man Power Trip. This is Jimmy Van the Boogie Woogie Man. Tell my people, my brothers and sisters, don't you dare miss John and Chad. Hey, everybody out there. This is the franchise Shane Douglas. Remember me? <laughs> well, guys, it's great to be on the show again. I appreciate you asking me back. So you said you were going to pinch yourself. I didn't know it was that kind of show now. I mean, if you guys are in the privacy of your own home, if you want to do these things. Good. How you doing, Chad? Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Okay. Hey, man. What's up, guys? This is Homicide. Oh, that's my homie. Homicide with a big homie club. Yeah, that would be it. Hey, this is David Penzer, and this is the two-man power trip of wrestling. Well, thank you, thank you. Hear me, fear me. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, Mean Gene, I can't be beat. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that. And every kid, I, they knew they could kick the out of me. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now, they bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are... Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling! Power Trip of Wrestling brought to you today and powered by our good friends down at Primal Conflict Wrestling. Head on over to PrimalConflictWrestling.com and get all the information for this coming Saturday night in Harpers Ferry, West Virginia, as Primal Conflict Wrestling and PCW 24-7 present The Art of War, featuring today's guest, the headliner, The Monster Abyss. Head on over again to PrimalConflictWrestling.com and check out PCW 24-7. And stay tuned after the interview to hear a little promo for PCW 24-7 and anything that you can expect to come out of one of the most groundbreaking and influential promotions out of the West Virginia, D.C. metro area. It's Primal Conflict Wrestling. And with that being said, my name is Chad, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, the one and only John Paz. And John, we told you 2017 was going to be insane when it came to our guests, and today's guest obviously continues that trend 
as we welcome in the Monster Abyss. That's right. TNA Wrestling's The Monster Abyss, who, like I said, will be performing this coming weekend for Primal Conflict Wrestling in Harper's Ferry, West Virginia. And we were so excited to get Abyss on the line and talk about a TNA career, which is something that could be considered somewhat of a rarity because Abyss has had an amazing run with TNA Wrestling and has been the most identifiable character to come out and stay in TNA Wrestling. And that is a testament to the man who we are going to speak to today. But he's not just a monster. He's got multi-facets. He's got different dimensions to the Abyss character, but also something that John and I have always personally loved. And it's somebody that uh, I know we mentioned in our Garrett Bischoff episode. That is Joseph Parks, the alter ego of the Monster Abyss, quote, the brother of the Monster Abyss. And the stuff that Joseph Park had been able to do on TNA television while they created that character and while they kind of gave the Abyss character a little hiatus was absolutely phenomenal. And the thing that comes to mind is a vignette that I know John and myself and a couple of our friends always pass back and forth. And it's the night that the Aces and Eights basically kidnapped and uh, hogtied and Really, uh, they kidnapped Sting and Hulk Hogan to uh, lead them to where Joseph Park had been kidnapped and stored. And the promo, it's on YouTube. It's about five minutes. It's unbelievable, but not just because of the fact that Joseph Park is tied to some board and basically being whipped by the Aces and Eights, but it's because Hulk Hogan, in his amazing Hulk Hogan-ness, can't get the name of Joseph Park correctly, and he keeps on calling him Parks. And it's something that John and I, we laugh about all the time, and it's something that I'll always love going back and watching if I need a good laugh. But John, as we get the interview rolling here, why don't you talk a little bit about that transformation into Joseph Park, or Parks, however you want to say it, and the fact that he can go from being the monster abyss to being the lovable Joseph Park, but at the same time, maintaining that entertainment value which is key in this wrestling market we're in today where entertainment is such a big factor for fan bases, uh, staying in tune with a product. But talk about that, but also kind of pump up Primal Conflict Wrestling's event, The Art of War, this coming weekend with Abyss. And obviously, when he gets into town, it's going to be uh, it's going to be quite monstrous because the monster Abyss, a.k.a. Joseph Park, he is one of the best big men that is out there on the scene today, and he's ready to take on the world of Primal Conflict Wrestling. Yes, Chad, the two-man power trip of a wrestling in 2017 gets another huge one and a big-time guest here, TNA legend, the Monster Abyss. And obviously, Chad, as you uh, pointed out, you mentioned we do touch on Joseph Park as well, which was a lot of fun, and we got some good laughs out of Abyss while mentioning Joseph Park, so that was uh, that was good, because you quite never know kind of the reaction you're going to get from a, a guy that size when you're kind of making a joke about a character he portrayed on TV. So it was great to hear him laugh, and it's great to hear uh, he did, in fact, remember Hulk Hogan calling him Parks, and he kept, you know, almost the beginning of that scene there, he just kept saying, where's Parks, brother, where's Parks, which is so funny, because obviously he's Joseph Park on TV, and it was awesome to get Abyss kind of laughing and joking about that, and he did remember it, which is really cool, because we kind of chatted, and I know me and you said kind of off there, I don't don't think he's going to remember that, I doubt he'll remember that, but yeah, he remembered it, so that was great stuff. I love touching on that that's that topic or that story of Joseph Park because it's so interesting that a guy that big, that monstrous, 
who kind of was playing, you know, like the uh, the vicious, um, bloodthirsty villain. You know, at that point, he was a, a good guy as well. But, I mean, he really was a strong monster heel villain. And it was really cool to kind of see him play the complete opposite of the spectrum and just go completely different and be able to knock it out of the park like he did. Literally, you know, pun intended there. He knocked it out of the park. So I love touching on Joseph Parks. That was a really cool stuff, a really cool topic that, uh, you know, we didn't kind of plan on talking about too much but it was great to get that in there and get some uh, some little you know a little comedy a little levity to the interview as well but obviously you know when we were talking to him we we're talking to him about the big show coming up january 21st saturday night west virginia yes that's right for pcw and he will be taking on the big bad bruiser so it's going to be a fun night for everyone involved and i hope everyone heads over to pcw the art of war yeah, he's taking on the big bad bruiser, but if the bruiser does get a chance to listen to this episode, listen, man, no heat out of Chad. I was just completely uh, rolling with the punches and just kind of joking about the fact that he's going to uh, steamroll over some jabroni, but that's just for the show, bruiser. If you hear this, don't uh, don't take any offense to it, but if you are listening, thank you so much for tuning in to hear your opponent for this Saturday night, the Monster Abyss, but... You know, John, we talk about the violence of Abyss. We talk about Joseph Park being so lovable and that he could go back and forth between the two characters. But I think the kind of funny thing about Abyss is that going from Joseph Park back to Abyss, but adding a new layer and not just the new mask he debuted a couple of years back, but adding a new layer into his character with what he's done recently with the DK has been yet another cool transformation into what he's been able to put into you know TNA's uh, landscape with bringing something out like the the cool paint look of the decay or the really uh, you know satanic looking uh, cult like you know kind of almost like a, an underground uh, I, I think of Batman Forever when you think about the underground scene the uh, the underworld of Batman Forever with the paint and the uh, the neon and it's just it's really cool but their opponents in the decay has been the broken hardies who have arguably been probably the hottest act in wrestling over the last year and maybe one of the most talked about gimmicks or uh, storylines or duos of the last couple of years that that Matt Hardy, this world that he's created and, and been able to bring out on TNA television has been absolutely phenomenal. And Abyss now being a part of the decay, it just helps add to his legacy uh, in that organization, but really brings the Hardys back into the forefront. And since we don't really get a chance to talk about the current stuff in wrestling too often, this was really cool to get his view on the decay and the deletions and the, uh, the, the great war and all the cool things that they've been doing with the Decay versus the Hardys and, and all the, the cool things going on at the Hardy compound. So that was really sweet to talk about. But, John, why don't you elaborate a little bit more on this run for Abyss with Crazy Steve and Rosemary as part of the Decay? Yeah, of course, when talking to Abyss, you got to go new school to an extent, but you got to go old school. One of the only legitimate TNA legends that is still left and still under TNA contract. Obviously, a lot of TNA legends have gone, you know, left TNA, either went to WWE or, you know, just retired from the business or, or whatever. But he's one of the few TNA legends that's still there, still dominating, still a big part of the show. Obviously, was a recent tag team champion with the Decay. And with the Decay, we saw the Monster Abyss completely change into a new 
character, so to speak. Uh, I called it somewhat zombie-like in the interview. I don't know if it's really zombie-like, but it's definitely different for Abyss as we see his full face. We get to see a little bit of, of you know, obviously makeup instead of wearing the Abyss mask. So I, I thought that was cool. I, we talk about the chemistry and the pairing with Crazy Steve and Rosemary, which is quite cool and quite interesting and quite different because they're a, a bit sadistic, but in their own strange, weird way. It, it works, and I think that the K is one of the top acts in TNA, and obviously when you're talking about top acts in TNA, we do talk about the Broken Hardys, Brother Nero, obviously uh, Broken Matt, and we talk in a little bit of depth on what he thinks about the Hardys, what he thinks about the Broken characters, what he thinks about the Decay working with the Broken Hardys. Obviously, you know, there was some big-time TNA ratings when the Decay fought the Hardys at the Hardys compound, whether it be Deleter Decay, Total Deletion, Final Deletion, he gets so much innovation out of Matt Hardy, something that you really hadn't seen too much of before. It's just a completely different, cool gimmick, and it just fits in as perfect foils for the Decay, for Abyss, and for Steve, because they're weird and they're different, but in, in, in a completely different capacity than the Broken Hardys. So that feud was great. I feel like that really kind of freshened things up in TNA, kind of made people look at TNA a little bit differently, and of course... You know, to have that great foil, to have an, a great opponent like the Hardys had in Abyss and Steve, you got to have that anchor. And that anchor is Abyss. And he is, like we said in the interview, an underrated guy, total pro, can wrestle literally anybody. Like he could go from wrestling the Hardys, and then he can go to wrestling uh, Mick Foley in, in a, a barbed wire match, or Raven, or Sabu, or Rhino, whoever. So you think about Abyss, he's just a total, complete character. And I love that at this stage in the game, and at this stage in his, his career, he was able to change it up so much and become this new, kind of uh, different age Abyss. Absolutely, completely agree. But, John, talk about his history a little bit more if you can because he's a TNA mainstay, as we've well established. But he's not only been there forever, but he has also taken on every single guy that's come through the door, all the big names, all the Hall of Famers, all the world champions. They've all had to go through Abyss or feud with Abyss at some point. So talk about, if you can, a couple of the feuds, highlight some of the ones that really stand out to you. And obviously, we actually highlighted some that stand out to him. So it kind of works itself out real well. But give us a little brief synopsis of some of the history that Abyss has in TNA wrestling. Yeah, Chad, one last topic from me, you know, before we kind of uh, roll into the interview here with the Monster Abyss. I got to talk old school. I mean, I mentioned it briefly, you know, a few minutes ago. I got to talk about old school with Abyss. And we talk about it in detail in the interview. We talk about Kurt Angle, kind of what he thought about that feud, kind of what he thought about working with Kurt Angle. Abyss at that point, obviously, you know, he's the monster He's wrestling all these different kind of guys, having all these amazing different kind of matches, but he never was quite in there with somebody like Kurt Angle, the wrestler he is, with the amateur background and that technician style that Angle has. And you were kind of wondering if Abyss could hang. Like, oh, I wonder if he could hang with Angle. I mean, Angle and Samoa Joe, of course. Yeah, that, that awesome matches. But can they, you know, can Abyss hang with Kurt? And boy, did he. They had some great matches some epic wars and i really enjoyed kurt angle versus abyss a lot and uh chad we were at the um, house show uh, at the ecw arena years ago when tna was running some house shows and we saw a tremendous angle versus abyss match which kind of floored us a bit like wow not only is abyss uh, an amazing wrestler and he's a great brawler but man this guy he's a pretty good technical wrestler as well which is surprising given his size and his strength so 
I love getting into Kurt Angle. Of course, when you talk about Abyss and TNA and you know his legend there, and the legend continues to grow, his feud with AJ Styles. And that was an amazing feud. They went from tag champs to feuding one-on-one. And obviously, we talk about one of our favorite things, what are the wrestlers' favorite matches. And one of Abyss's favorite matches was, of course, against AJ Styles at Lockdown in the Steel Cage. But also, you know, AJ Styles talking about with Abyss had to mention the icon Sting. He goes into some detail about how much he loved working with Sting, Sting the wrestler, Sting the person, Sting the icon, everything about Sting, all their matches that they worked, the prison yard match, last rights match, so on and so forth. You know, he made the point, which is true, they worked about seven pay-per-views in a row together. Abyss ends up winning the world title at one point, not, you know, within that time frame, but, um, at one point, he ends up winning the NWA World Title from the Stinger. So a lot of good stuff. And obviously, we do talk about his run with the TNA title and what it meant to him. Or, excuse me, at that point, the NWA World Title and what it meant to him. So, man, this was a really, really fun interview. I feel like I can just keep naming guys that we talked about that he wrestled, whether it be uh, Sabu or Raven or Rhino, Christian Cage. It was Samoa Joe. I mean, I can just keep going. There's so many great guys that Abyss was able to have good matches with, and he's such a great worker, and he's such a great competitor, and such a great wrestler. Think about it. You can name a guy like Raven, who, you know, you're going to have a brawl. Then you go a guy like AJ Styles, where you're just going to be able to have a, a technical, or excuse me, more of a high-flying, but some technical wrestling. Then with Kurt Angle, you're going to have a technical masterpiece with some snug amateur wrestling, and then you completely turn the tables and you wrestle somebody like sting so it, it just goes to show you the true value and worth of a guy like abyss who's been with tna for 14 15 years now and what an amazing run he had and what an amazing wrestler he is i feel like in the true annals of wrestling he might go undervalued and underappreciated but definitely not on this show where i feel that he as you know he will get his due from us for for sure he's just an amazing wrestler and pretty happy and you know uh, pretty uh you know excited that we were finally able to get abyss on for an interview and uh chatty boy let's turn it over to you bud anytime you can have somebody come on and talk about a career that's basically taking place in one promotion it's always very cool i mean it's one of those things with tna there's a lot of detractors there's been a lot of bad stuff said about it and even on the airways of this show there's been some negative stuff said but when you can talk to somebody like abyss and you can talk to somebody who actually has some positive things to say about it it you can't go wrong and abyss was so awesome and we thank him so much for coming on and taking the time to chat with the two-man power trip but of course we don't want you to forget that the episode was brought to you by primal conflict wrestling's art of war this coming Saturday, January 21st, in Harper's Ferry, West Virginia, head on over to PrimalConflictWrestling.com. And of course, like I mentioned up the top, stay tuned for a little snippet on how you can find out where to view Primal Conflict Wrestling's all-time events and some of their newest shows that have just hit the airwaves, and that is to come after the interview with Abyss. So, John... As we wrap it up here and the music starts to creep in, hit them with a little bit of two-man power trip of wrestling business and get it on over to the Monster Abyss. And just before that theme music hits, let me know if you can hear the little Easter egg that I threw in there. And now for some TMPT business. 
Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip and at Wrestling Pal. Please visit our website, tmptofwrestling.com. That is tmptofwrestling.com. Subscribe to us on YouTube. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes. While you're on iTunes, check out the feed for some legendary episodes featuring the living legend himself, Bruno San Martino, the late great American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Ray Mysterio Jr., Jerry McDivitt, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, Mr. Wonderful Paul Ondorf, AJ Styles, and so many others. Also, while you're surfing the web, check out WrestlingInc.com. Yes, that is WrestlingInc.com. They are the number one wrestling news source out there, so please check them out. Also, while on the internet, go to ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, ProWrestlingTees.com is your superstore. If you are a super fan, and you can please check out our page while you're there. You can check out Tito Santana, Paul Orndorff, Coco Beware, Magnum TA, Buff Bagwell, and so, so many others. Follow along with the two-man power trip of wrestling in 2017 as we hit the road and we come to a town near you. April 22nd, we hit Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at the Icons Collectors Fest. Then, May 19th and May 20th, we hit the Mid-Atlantic Wrestling Expo in Richmond, Virginia. Then, follow us to New Jersey as we hit the Legends of the Ring in Monroe. So please follow along with the two-man power trip of wrestling in 2017, because you never know where we may land. And now, without any further ado, a former NWA World Heavyweight Champion, a former NWA Tag Team Champion. He's been a TNA Grand Slam Champion, as well as a TNA Triple Crown winner. You may know him as Joseph Park, or you may know him as The Monster. This is Abyss. Please enjoy. Where's Parks? Joining us on the line tonight is a man that John and I are so incredibly thrilled to be speaking with. When you think of the three letters TNA, there's very few guys that can be identifiable with the entire company history, but the man joining us tonight is not necessarily a man, but he's also a monster, and he's a former NWA World and Tag Team Champion, as well as a two-time TNA Tag Team Champion, and he's going to be headed to the beautiful state of West Virginia this coming weekend as part of Primal Conflict Wrestling's Art of War. He is the one and only Monster Abyss. Thank you so much for joining the two-man power trip of wrestling. Oh, guys, thanks for having me on, man. How are you guys? Oh, we're doing great. We were just chatting before we got on air here about you're coming to West Virginia for Primal Conflict Wrestling, the Art of War, the big event to kick off their calendar year. But we were kind of joking about the last time, you know, you were supposed to come to the area and the crazy hurricane that kind of took out the entire East Coast, but it's going to take more than a hurricane to stop the monster from coming to West Virginia. But are you looking forward to getting down to the mountains, 
and seeing some of the folks I, down here in West Virginia. I am. I really am. I haven't been there in a little while since we were talking off here. It's been a little while since I've been there. So, uh, you know, I like I like the indie scene because it's such a great opportunity to reconnect with the fans on a regional and a, you know, a, a, you know, regional level and state level and across the country. And, and it's, it's a lot of fun. So I'm really looking forward to it. And it's my it's my first time in for PCW. I'm excited about that as well. Um, you know, they run a great show, and then I'm looking forward to being a part of it. Yeah, and we're so excited to get you down here. It's going to be a great event. You're going to be taking on the Bruiser. And although he is a Bruiser and you are a monster, obviously you're going to have your work cut out for you. But how do you handle a guy with a name like the Bruiser coming into a territory for the first time? Uh, You handle it with caution, you know. I mean, I'll I'll feel him out a little bit when I get there and uh, maybe ask around about him. But, yeah, you always handle with caution, you know. I don't, you know, I don't know what the guy's all about, you know, <laughs> you know, so, so I got to be on, uh, be on my toes and on my guard at all times. So. And I'm sure he's probably somewhere in a corner cowering, knowing that he's going to have the monster abyss looking directly <laughs> across him. And I mentioned off the top, you know, your association with TNA wrestling, obviously still associated with TNA wrestling. And we just came off such an awesome run that you had as part of the decay in the Hardy, the Broken Hardy compound, the final deletion, all the deletion, decay deletion, all that crazy stuff that's been going on in the world of TNA. But you've seen it all. And how do you see the the landscape of TNA right now shaping up as we get into a new year of 2017? I think it's going to be exciting. I know it's going to be exciting. You know, we just did our we just did the first round of 2017 tapings. We just got kind of completed those last week and did almost eight days, taped a lot of great television and great uh, one-night-only pay-per-view, and uh, there's some just some great, fantastic stuff coming up to look forward to, and you know, it's a new day, it's a brand new day with the company, you know, Anthem, uh, Anthem Sports and uh, the Fight Network, uh, you know, have, have now uh, control the company, and it's, it's a brand new day, there's a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of excitement uh, you know, throughout the roster and, and, and the front office and the production as well, and so it's uh, it's it's uh, shaping up to be a great year, I think, for the company. A great bounce back year too. Obviously, yeah, highly talked about over the last couple of months, and the purchase by Anthem and them coming in, and obviously the Fight Network being a really established brand, and uh, knowing that the Fight Network is uh, is involved is definitely a huge plus. But I mentioned there the Broken Hardies and the Decay and the Deletions, and all those great things that have been coming out of TNA. Really, I would say the probably the most talked about. Uh, angle in professional wrestling over the last year or so is the Broken Hardys, but what do you think about the uh, the genesis of the Hardys and what this has really caused? And obviously, uh, I was uh, absolutely thrilled to see uh, a certain character come back out of the water as we saw the brief return of my favorite TNA character, Joseph Park. But what do you think about this genesis of the Hardys and what is really today over the last? Uh, you know, I think it's incredible, man. I think it's awesome. I think it's groundbreaking in, uh, in a lot of different ways, you know. I mean, uh, you know, Matt and Jeff both have really reinvented themselves, and Matt's really, uh, you know, he's, he, he is the character. He is that, you know. So, you know, it's just such a great transition for them. Uh, it's such, so unique. The whole angle's been unique. The, the deleted the case stuff and the um, great war stuff. We did a Bound for Glory. Everything we've done with them. It's just been so incredible. And I, and I think it has been groundbreaking in a lot of ways and very different, very talked about, uh, a lot of buzz around it. And it's, it's just been fantastic. It's 
uh, been a great uh, great effort by a lot of different people. And then with you, with the decay itself, you know, that being yet another uh, aspect or another portion or another side of the abyss character, you know, how did you like joining up with the decay and really forming that group and being yet another, you know, just another feather in the cap of your TNA career? Because when it comes to the entrance and it comes to the look, it's obviously, it's really second to none when you look at that kind of a gimmick, you know, in today's professional wrestling. Yeah, it's been fantastic, man. You know, I've, I've been around a long time, and I've had a fantastic career. There there hasn't been a whole lot that I haven't been able to do. Um, so to do something different at this point, well, I, didn't, I didn't think it was possible, but the case has really been great. Uh, it's been such a different uh, some different, a different side of me, uh, you know, different look. And, and just, uh, you know, working with Crazy Steve and Rosemary has been great. They're both fantastic. Just two pieces of great young talent. Uh, you know, that are really just on the rise. Uh, so it's been great, you know, for a lot of different reasons. And it's been uh, fantastic. You know, the whole Hardy stuff's been fantastic. And, um, you know, I'm proud to see how far we've come as a group in a little bit of time in the year or so we've been together. So uh, it's, been a lot of, it's been a lot of fun. The decay definitely stands out on the TNA roster. Obviously, the broken Hardys are, are definitely focal points of the company. I've been so good and so talked about, but... What about your new look? I mean, it's almost, you know, obviously you lose the mask, kind of like a little bit of a zombie look a little bit. Can you just tell us, you know, kind of the inspiration behind that new look of yours? Uh, you know, it's kind of a, just, you know, I wanted to do something a little bit different. Uh, you know, the mask I've been in for a very, very long time. I've been very successful with it. Uh, you know, but, but I had, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's in today's world, my you know my face has been exposed, and, and you know we have already taken it off. So it was an easy call for me to kind of fit more into the group and, and to go to the face paint. And then uh, you know I kind of just started researching it and looking at different stuff, and kind of just came up with my own kind of spin on things. So uh, you know how I do it, you know I do it with a blank slate each time. It's never the same, um, which is kind of cool. I think it's always similar, but it's never exactly the same. So. Uh, it's just something different. It's just a different layer to the character that I've been able to add over the years. So. Now, when they originally put the DK together, obviously with Crazy Steve and with Rosemary and then with yourself, did you kind of see the chemistry at first, or was that like a slow-developing chemistry? Um, no, I think it was kind of, I don't want to say instant, but it was pretty pretty close to being instant. You know, we, we all three got along really well. I knew Crazy Steve for four uh quite a few years, probably seven or eight years already um, from wrestling around, you know, the indie scene and also with TNA. He, he was with TNA prior to the K as well in the menagerie. So <laughs> I knew Steve real well. Rosemary, I didn't know at all. Um, I had heard of, heard of her, but I, I didn't know her at all. So, but we all three instantly gelled. I mean, we all three worked together. We help each other out. We're there to pick each other up. It's, it's a great relationship and, and, and we do great on camera together. It's, there's no selfishness whatsoever on, on on any of the sides, so it's it's really great. It's been great. You find it cool that you're able to kind of reinvent yourself all over again because this is a different abyss. I mean, the, the look obviously is different. The act, you know, the way you act is a bit different. The gimmick obviously is different. You find it kind of cool you're able to reinvent yourself. Yeah, like you know, like I said, it's you know, it's it's not something that's really easy to do. I, I've been around for so long and I've done so much. What else, you know, what else is there that I could do that's different? So, 
you know, everything from Joseph Park to, you know, to everything else, all the different uh, layers of abyss over the years. So, you know, to do something different, it's hard to do. So, you know, Decay provided me that opportunity where, I, you know, to do something a little bit different. And with that abyss character, when it originally started back in 2002 or 2003, really, how did that character come about, you know, the thought of the mask and, and the actual monster character? Where did that actually come from? Uh, we started, I started it in Puerto Rico the year before I started it with TNA, and it was it was all Dutch Mantel, man. You know, Dutch, uh, you know, I owe Dutch everything. I've said it before on a ton of other podcasts as well. But, you know, Dutch Mantel really gave me my first big break in the wrestling business. He came up with the Abyss name, um, and then we worked on the look together. But, uh, you know, he had, all, he had everything to do with it, and, and I really learned a lot. And he taught me a lot, and I learned an awful lot from him. And what did he kind of, what did he say? Like he came up with, a, you know, a lot of like the mask and the gimmick and stuff. Pretty creative character and in this crazy world of wrestling where, you know, you may have seen everything done before. This seemed like the monster of this was a you know, completely different spin on things. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, uh, you know, a monster is a monster and it's going to have similar characteristics, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just it's the, it's the reality of it. I mean, there's a lot of characteristics that, uh, Bish shares with Kane Undertaker and everything else and different characteristics that I share with them they showed me and, and yeah there's going to be similarities but yeah I think over the years we've done a good job of do, putting a little bit of a different spin on things um, you know sure there's an awful lot that uh, I certainly never invented um, that I never did for the first time uh, a lot of stuff that that uh, you know that I took his inspiration from other other workers as well and I think everybody in this business does that to an extent so um, yeah, that's about it. When you think of TNA, you think of the bright spots that they've had in the last 13 years or 14 years or so. You think about you, Grand Slam champion, you were Triple Crown champion at first. You, you know, you've kind of done it all, seen it all. But the few with AJ Styles that you guys had, you know, somewhat in the beginning of TNA's run, you know, a few years in, was a really standout few. What was the chemistry like between you and AJ? Because you guys seem to have you know, clicked really well right off the bat. Yeah, we had a lot of great chemistry. We, we hit we, you know, we hit it off right away. We had known each other and worked with each other in Wildside for Bill Barron's, um, you know, back in 1999 and then 2000, you know, before TNA even started. So we had a lot of great chemistry already going into TNA. And, uh, you know, they, they, were, uh, they recognized that, and then we tore it up. I and mean, we had some great, great matches together. Uh, some of my favorites of all time uh, definitely were with him. So, uh, yeah, we had instant chemistry and, and just were so – we worked so great back and forth and just putting it together and executing it. And So, yeah, it was fantastic memories working with, with AJ. AJ, obviously, you know, he's one of the best, and he's able to do so many things. But I feel like it's great on your part because he is a smaller guy, and it kind of shows your athleticism and how you're able to not only work with the big guy and be the monster, but you can work with a smaller guy. Is that something you pride yourself on? Yeah, I mean, definitely. You know, I, I, I like the, the mix of the different chemistries. You know, it's definitely going to be a different match me against somebody my own size versus, you know, somebody a little bit quicker and smaller and I'm more athletic and faster. So uh, I like both chemistries, you know. David and Goliath's always a great and easy and fun story to tell. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, I love the, I love the matchups against the smaller guys, but, uh, you know, the, the big guys are just a different chemistry and just a different, uh, 
different, uh, you know, philosophy for approaching it. And another, you know, great feud that just comes to mind when I think of your great run in TNA was against the icon Sting. What was it like working with the Stinger, especially then when he was kind of trying to prove himself and prove that he still, you know, he still got it, he still can go, and you're able to pull out some great matches with him. I remember the last rights match, the prison yard match, a lot of fun stuff. Do you think that it was you know, a lot of fun looking back working with the Stinger? Oh, God, yeah. You know, it was an honor, first of all. It was a huge honor to, to work with him, uh, especially to the extent that I did. You know, we, we did almost, you know, seven or eight papers, I think, in a row together back in 2007 and eight. And, you know, it was, a, number one, it was an honor. Number two, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and, and it really helped establish me as a, as a main event kind of guy and a heavyweight kind of contender. And, you know, he was fantastic to work with and just, a, you know, an even better human being to be around. Uh, you know, I had a great, still have a great relationship with him. And, uh, you know, he's uh, he's just a fantastic guy and, and just was so fun to work with. And, you know, we had a blast. And, of course, you beat him for the NWA world title. Was that kind of a huge accomplishment in your career, winning the NWA title and then putting, you know, the company kind of on your back, so to speak? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Why, you know, who, who doesn't want to have that uh, that role? You know, cast to be in, you know, be in that role. So it was a huge honor, you know, to to for the company to uh, to have the faith in me to, to put it on me uh, at that time. So yeah, it was a, it was a huge moment, probably one of the biggest moments in my career, if not the biggest. Um, you know, it was a great honor, and uh, it was uh, it was a great experience too. And uh, I thought I did very well with it. Absolutely. It's awesome to finally, you know, get the title and obviously he deserved it for sure. You know, kind of like spin it a little bit or change it up a little bit. Just, to, I was very curious because you're able to play the Abyss character. You know, you win NWA title, you had a great run, you had all these amazing cues with, you know, whether it be McFoley or, or Rhino or Raven, but you change it up completely with the Bully Ray feud and you become Joseph Park. How were you able to kind of make that transformation into that character? Because obviously it's more of a comedic role, more like a funny role. But you were able to pull it off so well, and obviously uh, you were, I guess, in 2012, uh, you know, it was the gimmick of the year. Yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a ton of fun. It was a huge challenge. Uh, you know, I, it was, uh, it, it took a lot of uh, creativity on a lot of different people's part. I had a lot of great help, uh, you know, with the writers and producers, you know, with it, and you know, a lot of it uh, was really me. So, you know, it, it uh, you know, really who I am. And, and I just was able to, to mix it. And it was a complete 360 from Abyss. And so I just thought about it like that. So it just was a very big challenge. And it was uh, it was something that was a lot of fun, especially to see it come together like it did. And, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a great, uh, great moment for me. I loved it. And you, obviously, uh, in that kind of role, you were able to do a lot of things with uh, the Hulkster, Hulk Hogan, as well. What was it like working with the Immortal One? Oh, it was great, man. It was fantastic. You know, no, another uh, true honor, you know, to work with one of the, if not the biggest icon in wrestling ever. So, you know, to work with him and to get a relationship and get to know him and be around him. And, uh, you know, we got along fantastic. And, and uh, you know, so it was a, it was a great, uh, great experience. Great uh Great, uh, another great moment in my career. And I think a lot of people remember a very funny moment where he says on TV, he was calling you Parks, even though the character is Joseph Park. He kept calling <laughs> you Parks on TV. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know if you remember that quite as well as as we do. It's very, very funny. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I think I actually do remember that uh, when you said it on the show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've had so many great moments in DNA, but you, like you said, you're looking for you know a bounce back year this year. Kind of, what are your expectations for DNA? As, as obviously, Pop TV is kind of you know, kind of growing and cultivating interest. <laughs> Uh, I think it's just going to be a fantastic year for the company. I think it's going to be a bounce back year. I think, uh, you know, I think it's stay tuned. I, I think that a lot of great things are going to unfold. Um, you know, and I think, uh, like I said, I think it's going to be a, a great year on top TV for us. I think they're going to see us start doing some uh, some more touring perhaps later on in the year. Uh, so there's a lot of big things, I think, that are going to come up. And now you just got to kind of stay tuned. I'm not really at at privy to talk about much of it, but uh, um, but yeah, I, I think overall, I think it's going to be just a nice year. I think it's going to be a year where the company does bounce back on on every level, and I think uh, we're going to accomplish a lot of great things. I really do. And we hope big things out of DNA. You know, as I as I start to wind it down here, I was curious. You said you know a couple of your favorite matches against AJ, maybe uh, the cage match, or maybe a couple other matches, and a couple matches against Sting, but. Do you have a favorite match or a couple of favorite matches in your career? Uh, yeah, me and AJ at Lockdown 05 was probably my favorite. Me and me and Seth Lewis, Barbed Wire Massacre uh, was, was great. Uh, me and Rhino at Falls Can Anywhere. Uh, you know, I, I Samoa Joe, you know, Sting, uh, Christian Cage. Uh, you know, there's a lot of them. It's hard to really pinpoint them. And then, you know, there were so many uh, great uh, opportunities. I had to work with a lot of great talent, so... And do you have any like favorite opponent? Maybe a guy that we wouldn't really think of, kind of an under radar, under underappreciated maybe guy that just kind of, you know, kind of flies under the radar a bit. But you had great chemistry with him, and you worked really well with him. You know, I you know I always had great chemistry with Lance Hoyt. You know, I always had awesome chemistry with Lance. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he, he was uh, he was uh, uh, with TNA for quite a while, and he never never quite broke through. And I, you know, I think if he would have had more of an opportunity at the time, I think he would have been able to do better. He's done real well for himself in Japan. You know, he was, I thought he was always fantastic in the ring, and we always had great chemistry. And I was curious about your chemistry with a guy like Kurt Angle. Obviously, now Kurt, you know, the big going to the Hall of Fame, all that, all that big stuff. You were able to mesh well with him as well. I feel like with you, you can kind of mesh with small guys, mesh with big guys, mesh with the technical guys, mesh with the amateur wrestlers. What was your thoughts on wrestling Kurt Angle? Because it seemed like you guys had some great matches as well. Oh, we did, you know. And, and he, you know, he's somebody, you know, I've left off my list. But, you know, God, you know, like I said, I've had such great moments with such great uh, great uh, people in this business from Hulk and, and uh, you know, to, you know, what we're talking about now with, uh, um, oh, God, I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought here. Uh, hold on one second. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm just walking outside, and I lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, yeah, working with Kurt was just incredible, man. Like, Kurt is uh, just, I don't even know how to begin. You know, I saw that they're inducted in the WWE Hall of Fame, and it's, he's, it's so deserved. He's such a great human being and a great person and, and working with him is a different style. It's very intense. Like if you don't match his intensity, man, he'll he'll eat you alive. 
Um, so he's, he's probably the most intense guy I've ever been in the ring with. He's he's uh, he's so into what he's doing, and, and, and just you know I, I have been able to adapt to different styles. And Kurt and I did have some great matches, and he's just fantastic. And how could they not be great? They were. It was uh, you know he just he laid his body on the line. He lays his body on the line every time. So uh, working with him was was great. With you, I'm just curious. Do you have a special, like a dream match, a guy you never were able to wrestle? I mean, you're in there with Mick Foley, Nash, Sting. I mean, all these huge names. And obviously, we just mentioned Kurt Angle and AJ Styles and Sting. But is there a guy that Abyss hasn't wrestled yet that he's looking to wrestle? No, there's. I mean, there's nobody in particular. You know what I mean? You know, I'm sure there's there's always people. You know, you could. So I'm sure people would say Kane or Undertaker, but the, and I'm I'm good. I mean, if those opportunities would be there, then then great. But uh, I, I, there's nobody that uh, you know. I've crossed I've crossed a lot off my bucket list more than I ever thought I ever would. So I I really don't look at it like that ever. And you can cross the bruiser off the list. This coming weekend yeah. at Primal Conflict <laughs> Wrestling Carnivore. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want to be hard on the bruiser. He's a, uh, I'm sure he's a no. hard-working fella. I'm sure he's he got is, too. Like to I said, he's got a monster to deal with. And I, like I said, I respect every opponent when I come in. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm prepared for anything. So, we'll, uh, we'll see. But I, I'm really excited about uh, making my way back down there this Saturday. So I'm really looking forward to it. And so are we, and it's primalconflictwrestling.com and Abyss. Before we let you go, it's going to be a question you get a lot this weekend, I'm sure, and people definitely want to know. But what is the legacy of Abyss, especially in an organization like TNA, but what is Abyss's mark on professional wrestling right now if you were to close the book on your career as we speak this next? Um, I would just, you know, I, my mark is that I had a great career, and I think I left an imprint by my attitude and my the way that I carried myself, my professionalism, my effort in the ring, uh, my results in the ring, uh, the moments I was able to create and, and do it do it all the right way. And uh, uh, I would say that, uh, you know, that uh, all that and the, and the, the Monsters Ball got named after me. So all that together, I think, uh, would be kind of how I wrap it up. Absolutely, yeah, and without a doubt, and it's going to be a great event. But please share with the listeners of the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling where they can find anything and everything in the world of the monster abyss. Uh, I'm on Twitter uh, at the Real Abyss, all one word at the Real Abyss, uh, and then my website, uh, themonsterabyss.com. Uh, those are the two places to go check me out at. Absolutely, and go Google or YouTube or find it on uh, TNA Wrestling's website, the entire clip of Hulk Hogan falling Joseph Park Parks. He does it about three times, even though everybody else says Park. He says Park, and it's, uh, it really it's one of those things where uh, John and I, we always just, it's one of those, we just always chuckle about it back and forth. It's one of our favorite things, but yeah, we're, we're happy to have Joseph Parks as well on the line tonight. All right. <laughs> All right, Abyssal, well, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate the oh, time thank tonight. You guys. Thanks for having me on, man. Thank you guys so much. Primal Conflict Wrestling presents PCW 24-7. For only $4.99 a month, relive all of the action of Primal Conflict Wrestling. Original content updated monthly and all the stars of Primal Conflict Wrestling, including all the groundbreaking and cutting-edge action. It's pcw247.pivotshare.com. 
Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.